Welcome to the Truly Nourish Podcast. My name is Rebecca Laurel Hill. I'm a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and life wellness expert. This podcast has one mission, to help women break free from dieting and overeating patterns and transform how they nourish themselves in body, mind, and soul. Each episode, we dive into teachings and tools that will help you find more peace and freedom with food, more enjoyment living in and caring for your body, and more happiness and fulfillment in your life overall. Thank you for being here. Let's get started. Hello, my beautiful listeners. Coaching has become popular because many people recognize that information and instruction alone are not always enough to create behavior change. Many people realize they need frequent feedback or accountability to another person in order to stay on track and attain their goals. Otherwise, Life happens and we can easily forget our priorities, get distracted by more immediate rewards, or just get discouraged when we aren't doing well. And I'll personally share that I've had coaches for many years, various types of coaches. Uh, I love coaching. That's why I'm in this industry, because I myself like being coached by a coach. So I'll quickly say if you're interested in being a coaching client of mine, just email me or message me on Instagram at any time because we can discuss what I have available if you're looking for a coach in this area of really doing the foundational work of becoming an intuitive eater and stepping into your own version of a truly nourished woman. But an effective coach is someone who will correct or help you correct to help re-motivate you and help redirect your attention towards what to do next time. And the role of a coach can be most clearly seen in sports, right? An effective coach makes athletes face what went wrong. They watch the video replays with their athletes to point out exactly what did or did not happen. And videotape is the ultimate behavior therapy because you don't get to say what you intended to do or wish you had done. You only get to see what you did. However, the point of watching replays is obviously not to change the score of a game that has already been played. The point is to play differently next time, right? So once the mistakes are analyzed and the good plays also celebrated, athletes are directed to put that game behind them and focus on the next game. And effective athletes will take responsibility for their play, but they do not dwell on what they did wrong nor do they focus on their teammates' faults and things like that. So an effective athlete always looks to the next game as a challenge to do better. And so I want to offer that you may find it helpful to think about your eating in the same way. And because we eat every single day, you have many opportunities to continue to improve. So in other words, you always have another game to play. And in fact, with eating, 
the season never ends, right? So you can always improve your standing. And every athlete has off games. Sometimes they have a run of several poor games. However, athletes are always encouraged to work through a slump. The coach knows that if an athlete persists and keeps practicing, he or she will come out of a slump and revamp their swing or figure out whatever it is that they need to do differently. So to help you reduce post-eating regret, which is the topic of this episode, you need to do the same thing with your eating decisions. Each time you eat, assess how you're doing. When your eating goes well, take credit for using your skills. If you have an episode that does not turn out well, revise your game plan so that you're better prepared to take on the next eating decision. And to do that, I want to recommend that you have an eating journal. And this is not a food journal. You're not tracking food. You're tracking your eating experience, particularly the ones that don't go well for you the way that you had hoped that they would. So when you have an episode that doesn't go well, write down what happened. And if you handle a difficult eating situation really well, also write that down and put a big happy face besides that journal entry to show yourself that you do have celebrations. I always stress with my clients that they have to celebrate. <laughs> and sometimes that's the most difficult for them, them thing, excuse me, for them to do because just as humans, we hyper focus on what's wrong. But we can also train our brain to focus on what is right because focusing on what seems to be wrong is just a habit. So that's why in your eating journal, I highly suggest you write down your celebrations as well to get your brain used to focusing on what's going right. Because the more you focus on what's going right, the more you are going to create that. There's neuroscience that backs that up. So make notes anytime you learn something new about yourself. That's also important. Something that should be added to your memory so that you're setting yourself up for future success. And identify the times that you have challenges specifically. For example, if you do fine until dinner time, then write down, well, what happens at dinner? Or if you do well during the week but find weekends a challenge, then in this eating journal, you know, write down what happens on the weekends. Or if vacations or holidays or events or things related to work are difficult for you, then you can make note of that and be proactive in that and try to set yourself up for success each time the next eating occasion occurs in that scenario. So you will be doing this to identify and get clear on what aspects of eating are the biggest challenge for you. And then you will monitor those aspects of your eating in your journal. So for example, if your most common problem is let's say getting too hungry, write down your hunger level every time you eat and put it in your journal. So on a scale of one to 10, how hungry are you getting before you eat with one being 
completely famished and ravenous and 10 being stuffed and five being moderately and comfortably full and satisfied. And just keep track of how often you're getting over hungry if that's something that tends to happen for you. Or if your most common problem is overeating, write down your fullness rating every time you stop eating. You can be surprised really how helpful it is to make yourself put down a number each time you eat because it's difficult to remember just how much it takes to get moderately full if we've habitually been overeating. That was a challenge for me being a binge eater. Like I, I couldn't really register what moderately full was, so it was a practice I had to do. So this type of monitoring activity helps you to stay accountable to yourself, you know, self-coaching. You can have a coach that helps you absolutely very, very valuable, but also you can self-coach if you're willing to put in the time and and your diligence. And it's easy to do because in this situation, you're just tracking your eating experiences. You're not writing down your food. I highly (laughs) don't, I highly do not recommend that. So all it takes is writing a sentence or two. That's what it takes to track your eating experiences. You're just writing down maybe a hunger fullness rating and the experience and like what you want to learn from that, you know, gathering the data, looking at it and okay, what do I want to learn and apply for next time? That's really all that you're doing. And now if perhaps you deal a lot with post eating regret, I want to give you some tips Maybe you're already really good at analyzing where your challenges are and what they are. Maybe you already are very clear on what your challenges are. However, maybe you need to work on your pre-game talk so that you cannot have this post-game regret, okay? Because I know you always have good intentions when you go into eating. I'm sure you do. We typically always do. We want to do our best And so you know what you want to do, but you likely fail to talk to yourself through each eating episode in an effective manner. So what will happen is you just eat and then you find yourself thinking, I wish I hadn't eaten that. I really didn't need the chips or the second helping or that dessert just wasn't worth it. I I would be feeling better now if I had not eaten that. And If you're tracking your eating experiences but don't seem to be learning from your experiences, there are a number of things that could be happening. So let me explain a couple of them. First, it could be that you're tuning out as soon as you feel badly about what you've eaten. Then you probably also aren't entering that new information you gather into your long-term memory Right? If you're tuning out because you're feeling bad, well, then you're not really gathering the necessary information and putting it into your long term memory. And it's even much less likely you're writing it down in your eating experience journal. That's the other thing. So it's very possible that if you're having a lot of this post eating regret, that you're brushing off a negative eating experience too quickly. I call it, you want to sweep it under the rug and pretend it never happened because you feel bad about it, but that never serves you because you don't really learn what you need to learn. So you're brushing off that experience and not allowing yourself to understand what has just happened, what I call gathering the data. 
So it's important to remember there's no need to punish yourself ever because that's not going to get you anywhere. But if you don't figure out what the lesson is in a problematic eating episode, then you won't be able to make a different choice the next time. You're not getting wiser. Another possibility is that you aren't taking the time to do the necessary pre-eating check-in or the pre-game check-in. If you tend to skip this step, then this is where you're going to start. So you always need to be making a conscious decision to start eating. That's the pre-game, conscious decision to start eating instead of an automatic or reactive decision to eat. That is the first most important thing to work on in order to reduce post-eating regrets. So what you can do is just review your day quickly in your mind and write down the number of times you made conscious decisions to start eating and the number of times you started to eat without checking in. Doing this will remind you then, it will help to remind you then to check in every time you start eating. So here's an example of how these check-ins will work. If we're looking at this, once again, as a sports game and using that analogy. So you have the pre-game, then you have the game, which is eating, and then you have the post-game analysis. So start with your pre-game check-in. Ask yourself, how hungry am I? Decide if you're going to eat now or wait a while. It's okay to wait a while or to have a moderate or even just a small amount to eat if you really don't feel very hungry, especially first thing in the morning, for example. And when you do decide it's time to eat because you are physically hungry, use that wise part of your mind, your higher mind and not your impulsive mind, to evaluate the food options available and make a decision rather than eat impulsively or automatically. So use your higher mind to make that decision rather than just doing the habitual or automatic way of doing it, perhaps the way you've always done it sort of thing. So ask yourself what will taste good and still feel good afterwards in my body. That's something to always consider. Then in the game, you're eating mindfully to get pleasure from your food and stay tuned in so that you notice the moderate fullness signal telling you when it's time to stop eating. And then when you stop eating, make a mental note about how you feel. And if you don't feel so good, note what type or amount of food caused that discomfort. And that would be something to write write down also in your eating experience journal, like any types of foods that aren't working for you or, you know, types of um, amounts of those foods that maybe there's a threshold, like I could eat this amount of that food, but then if I go over a certain threshold, then it's not so good in my body. Those are good things to note to help you get to know your body and really become an intuitive eater. And also ask yourself, what do you want to remember for next time? Like, what went well? What do you want to do again? Like, ooh, that worked really well. I have to remember that. I have to, you know, practice that again. And also, maybe what didn't go so well, if something didn't. You know, gathering that data, making a mental note. Okay, setting myself up for success for next time. 
And then in the post game, which is about 15 to 30 minutes after you eat, do that post eating check-in. Are you still feeling good or are you noticing that maybe you ate too much or that the food isn't sitting well in your stomach? Make a mental note. Is it really the type of food that is feeling bad or maybe just the amount? And what do you want to remember for next time? That's what you need to look at post-game. So repeat this mental check-in process whenever it's time for you to eat. And the most important thing is always making a conscious decision to eat and a conscious decision about what food so that the main practice here is getting away from automatic or impulsive or even emotional types of eating. And if you do notice an urge to eat at any other time, such as you notice an impulse to eat First, check in to see if you're physically hungry. Drop into your body and feel what's going on in your body. Is this an urge to eat when you are hungry? Tuning into your body. If it's not an urge based on biological hunger, ask yourself why you want to eat. Is there tempting food available in your environment? If so, will distraction or leaving the situation work for you? Or... Do you need to choose what I call anti-deprivation eating where you allow yourself to have the food to maybe prevent feelings of deprivation later on? If you do choose this anti-deprivation eating as a form of self-care to prevent feelings of deprivation and then avoid you know, overeating or binging later, be sure to make a mental note and did it work well? Did it Allowing yourself to have that give you what you really were looking for. Did it serve you? Because this is the key. If you're choosing anti-deprivation eating, you're not biologically hungry, but you're going to allow yourself to eat the food to avoid feeling even greater deprivation later that once again could potentially lead to overeating or to a binge. That's why we do it. So we need to ask ourselves, Did it work well? And were you able to stop at moderate fullness? That's really the key with anti-deprivation eating. You're allowing yourself to eat when you're not physically hungry, but you want to do it within the parameter of your body's guidance and stopping at moderate fullness. Now, if the urge to eat is not a response to some external cue in your environment, then the reason for that urge has to be emotional. So emotional eating then is being the default for you. And you might not always be able to figure out what emotions are involved. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. But ask yourself how you expect the eating will change your emotional state. And depending on the answer of, let's say, for example, if it will help you enjoy the occasion or finish a task or help you feel less bored, then what is likely going to be the most successful strategy in getting you through this situation? So that's when you notice this is an emotional urge to eat. It's it's not a food in your environment where you see it and like you have the urge, but there's something going on internally with you and you have this urge to go eat food. Try 
to tap into what you're expecting from that. You know, is it, once again, to enjoy the moment, the occasion, whatever's happening, to help you get through work, help you get through boredom? And if you can answer that, then also consider, is this going to be the most successful strategy in getting me through this situation? Because maybe there really is another strategy besides eating that could serve you even better in enjoying the occasion, finishing the task, feeling less bored, feeling less sad, whatever you're experiencing. Eating food might be the default, right? Emotional eating. However, try to pinpoint what am I really seeking here and is there another strategy that I could use instead that would actually help me just as much or even better? But if you do decide that you're going to eat, then be sure to decide what food you really want and what you're really going to eat, such as what type of food is going to both taste good and feel good in your body later. And then also constantly remind yourself that our goal when we're eating is pleasure. To maximize the total pleasure we get from the food in our life and to minimize feelings of deprivation. This has to be a key driver in every eating decision. When you can do this while also maintaining your amount boundaries by listening to your fullness in your body, then you're going to be the most successful at also being able to manage your weight. And this point about pleasure and satisfaction can be difficult for us to remember because often the message most of us have received is that the goal is to be maybe as thin as possible. And in order to achieve that goal, you must suffer, you must deprive yourself, and that you can't eat what you want. But that is not true. We always want to take the positive approach, the nourishing approach, the pleasurable approach, the satisfying approach to our food. So you need to work toward getting the most pleasure from the food that you eat at your meals. And even if you're responding to an urge or craving when you're not hungry and you're doing that anti-deprivation eating or even choosing to eat emotionally to soothe yourself in some way, that you are seeking pleasure in that experience and being present in that eating experience to Help yourself stop at moderate fullness, but also to get the most enjoyment out of the experience or the most emotional support that you maybe you're seeking at that moment out of the experience. All those things will really serve you greatly. You know, coming back to seeking pleasure in your food. We're all about being truly nourished. And that includes not only nutrition and vitamins and minerals, but also nourishment from pleasure and satisfaction. That's what food is here for. So thank you so much for being here. I love being here with you. Let me know how you're doing, what questions you have. I'd love to hear from you. Email me, message me on Instagram. Also, if you don't follow me on Instagram, be sure that you do because I tend to post there several times a week with tips or inspiration or just maybe things that's going on in my life. Lastly, please leave a review if you enjoy this podcast or share it with a friend. It would be so greatly appreciated. 
Are you a woman who wants to end cycles of overeating and dieting so that you can experience greater health and well-being, more peace and freedom around food, more vibrancy, and more feelings of joy and confidence living in your body? If so, be sure to sign up for the waitlist to learn more about my new intuitive eating course and the Truly Nourished Private Women's Membership. It is in this private club where you can learn step-by-step how to end dieting and overeating forever and become the truly nourished woman you desire to be. Go to RebeccaLaurelHill.com to learn more.